0: What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 344 of the Smart Moments Moment Smack Talk Podcast. This is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where we're going to be breaking down some of the gossip and the news and the rumors and the current events and any other things that we want to talk about that went down in a couple of days that just passed of the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. With me on the panel, Robert DeFelice. What's up, wrestling fans? I'm Robert DeFelice. Welcome to episode number three. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for the longest time, I always, uh, I actually have, like, I don't know why I still have this note written down of the beginning of this, because it's like, I fucking know it, (laughs) you know, I've done 344 episodes of this, I'm pretty sure I know how to introduce the show, but I still have that written down at the top of my, uh, Word doc, I really should just get rid of it and see what happens. (laughs) You'll
1: probably mess it up, you'll be like... Wrestling fans, hello! <laughs> well, that has
0: happened with uh, fanboys in the past, because I don't have that stuff written down for fanboys as much. <laughs>
1: I told you, I noticed that with yeah. fanboys, it's a different... It's almost a different saying or a different inflection every time, as opposed to with smart Out Moment, <laughs> it's the same
0: phrasing and inflection every time. It's like, what's up, fanboys and smack talk? This is Smart Anonymous with uh, Tony... <laughs> 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 We'll see. Uh, but I do have, like, in blue, I have number 344, because that's, like, real quick reference for me to always look up at that kind of thing instead of being like, we're on episode number 812, even though it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> it really does. But I want to thank you all for listening, as always, of course, because that's great, and that's why we keep doing this kind of stuff. So. Hot tags. We're going to get into some of the different things that happened over the past couple of days in relative order of what happened over the past couple of days, but we'll bounce around a bunch and, you know, talk about whatever. Uh, I guess probably the oldest thing is something else to wrestle. That seems to come out on Wednesday afternoons, so usually by that time we've already taken care of the hot tags and we've already taken care of whatever the main event is, and that's when we get around to watching it. And this week it was big evil the uh, incarnation of the undertaker where he was not only big but also evil uh, he was the american badass in, <laughs> They seem like to uh, really uh, hone
1: him. in on the like short hair okay the short hair biker is what's defined as big evil seems as like a, yeah to the american
0: badass yet at the same time they're even talking about this big evil sitting there going oh, i'm going to put over rvd i'm going to put over jeff hardy i'm going to put <laughs> So it's kind of Maven, too, another one. You know, a lot of people at the time, for being against The Undertaker and being somebody who is, like, a heel at the time and everything else like that, big evil, pretty nice guy, seems.
1: Well, I think the bulk of the evilness actually came in the... uh, before he cut the hair off. When he cut the hair off, he was starting to get a little more, you know, soft on the guys, and he would respect... Jeff and even Maven even though he beat the crap out of Maven and only lost to him because of The Rock I found it interesting that Bruce seemed to say that Taker was like yeah I can make Maven which (laughs) in hindsight is just fucking crazy because
0: Maven Maven. turned out to be nothing (laughs) but if anybody could have I mean he was one of the few people that could have So it's more Maven's fault than anybody else. So a couple of things of note here. I love
1: something to wrestle. I love something else to wrestle. Bruce overdid it on the impressions and this. That's a regular thing.
0: I'm like some of them. I like some of them. I really don't like and I don't since I haven't followed the podcast for a long time or anything like that. I kind of don't understand some of the in jokes a little bit, which uh, real quick reference Maybe they should have an index on their website. I don't know. <laughs> they have
1: a uh, they have like a soundboard. Maybe you can get well, what's some information the, there.
0: What's the doot doot? So
1: doot 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 is when he's making fun of Michael Hayes because he says that if Michael Hayes made an audible sound when he walked. Like how a cat goes meow, Michael Hayes would just go, well, dude, doot, doot, because I guess that's just funny what he sounds like when he's walking. <laughs> the first time I saw that, I saw it on their t-shirt, and I thought it was a reference to just how the beginning of the Bad Street USA song goes, because it's just that doot, 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 dude. dude, dude, dude Almost like the New Day clap. And I thought that's what they were going for. But apparently Bruce says that's the sound Michael Hayes would make if he made a sound while he was walking.
0: Just (laughs) do-do-do. Just Mm do-do-do. I like the Jim Cornette one when it's like he can pepper that in every once in a while and it can be really funny. Every once in a while he'll do it and it's just a little bit over the top. But I do like when he's just like, motherfucker. (laughs) That's all right.
1: My favorite
0: Cornette one is when he goes
1: well, you can't put a hot girl with him and expect him to be a baby face. He's a heel. And really? it's like, put him in a box and it'll be over, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, my favorite impression, even though I hate, I hated that they devoted an episode to this and I hated the whole thing, but just the story of it's so funny, the whole, I got an <laughs> <Give> me. The-
0: <laughs> I fucking love it. And I can't seem to find... An actual clip of it. Like give me the belt and I'll just beat everybody. <laughs> if anybody knows it, uh where you can get like the the timestamp of one of those clips of that, drop it in the comments below because uh or you know, like uh in the Mega Maniacs even or something like that. Cause I wanna find that clip because I just want to listen to just the that that pure clip of just him going, I got an idea, give me the belt. <laughs> And I beat everybody. I fucking lost it when I heard that. I thought it was amazing. So I do love some of that kind of stuff. And I actually really, really like the insight that mostly comes about from this show. Because it's something totally different from like... I mean, it's one thing for us to be fans and be analyzing things. It's another thing to hear these random stories about things like... Well, you know, we decided that... uh, we're going to put Jeff over in this position. And then this happened instead. And then we said, fuck it, let's just do this. And then the undertaker decided that he was a little banged up. So that's why we turned into this. And like, I didn't know I wasn't watching at the time. I didn't know the whole situation with Ric Flair and that he was kind of doubting himself. And the undertaker helped him come back for a little bit and stuff like that's actually really cool to hear that kind of stuff.
1: That's a story that I, I have heard before That. Like, Flair was actually really down on his confidence, and the match with Taker helped, but that was also a good part of the reason for evolution. Triple H was just like, I want to work with Flair. I love Flair. Give me Flair, and I'll make him feel like Ric Flair again. And to think that, real quick side note, Flair, they've been making Ric Flair's old jokes before I was even born. And this dude. (laughs) like had a hell of a career in my lifetime alone and then you you just think how could a person like that succumb to low self-esteem but man that shit is powerful and you know that match with taker super underrated i don't know when the last time you saw that match was but
0: you should probably go back and watch it on the network it's a great match and this uh, Something Else to Wrestle episode, a couple different parts that I really liked in particular that were, you know, just kind of the same regard, just talking about some different ideas that they had behind there, like the Undertaker thought that they could never go back to being Undertaker again, and that they really kind of just decided, yeah, hey, let's just try something different, more so than, like, I'm sick and tired of the Undertaker, let's change things up. It was just sort of like, yeah, hey, let's try to have be Undertaker be Undertaker, and... Like, that kind of stuff's pretty interesting to hear. So, I like the episode overall. I was kind of curious, like, I don't know, like, where they're picking necessarily these things to necessarily fall, because it makes sense to start off with, like, a particular, like, uh, game plan of, like, we're going to talk about this, then this week is going to be interesting. I mean, not to toot my own horn or doot-doot-doot my own horn, but you know, when something's gonna happen, I try to build some kind of a main event around that. You know, SummerSlam is coming up and the week before or two weeks before, whatever the case may be, before we do the predictions and stuff, I'm gonna have fantasy booking SummerSlam. I'm not gonna have, like, let's talk about Clash of Champions in March. It's like, well, that's in December, so I'm not gonna, you know, whatever. And I'm curious why they picked, like, undertaker and then last week it was like Jeff Hardy and then the week before that it was uh that was the, the Styles one right yeah did they say what the next episode is going
1: to be the next episode is going to be one that they've already done on the podcast it'll be rock 97 oh, 98 rock.
0: yeah then that's I like nothing going on with the, to rock.
1: the podcast because they do go more in depth on the podcast they try to keep the network specials shorter the big evil one is cool because that's one that they actually didn't cover on the podcast, and you know, I like when they deviate from what they've already covered so that you can get some new information because honestly, given the choice, I'd rather listen to the long form podcast than watch the network special
0: the downside being though those advertisement breaks are awful yeah they're they're pretty heavy in there. And you really pretty much have to, if you want to skip those, you have to skip, like, the first 13 minutes of every episode, it seems.
1: I've gotten really good at that, because I listen to it so much, it's no bad.
0: Hmm. So, thumbs up, in my uh, regard, as far as the Big Eagle episode.
1: One of of my favorite things, because I remember the Taker-Jeff Hardy ladder match so well, and it was so funny to hear Taker backstage going, why the fuck am I in a ladder match?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not bumping off a fucking ladder. <laughs> like Bob Holly's probably backstage going, I got an idea. <laughs> Why don't you bump off the ladder and like... then I can beat you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of network
1: stuff, they're doing a a Jeff Jarrett, ain't he great collection
0: this month. Huh? That should
1: might, be Might check it out, yeah.
0: I liked uh, Jeff Jarrett back in the day. I know that we were talking about this before with the Hall of Fame, but yeah. Uh I fond memories of Jeff Jarrett back in the it was like early well not early mid nineties more so. Early mid nineties, I guess you could say. Ninety three, ninety-four. Underrated guy, definitely. Yeah. Uh here's something that uh ah, we're not going into any kind of word here. here, fuck this. Uh Vince McMahon is now expected, potentially according to certain uh, sheets and stuff like that, that his original investment of $100 million on the XFL might be a little bit steeper. The uh, things that I had seen was over the course of the next three years, he's expected to spend $500 million. Yes. it's a fucking lot of money. <laughs> $100 million is insane.
1: Now, I... I did a small report on this for WrestleZone I got my information from an interview that the new CEO of the XFL did with ESPN and when I read that he's expected to spend 500 million I just gasped Like that's so much money that's more money than you or I could ever think about
0: having unless everybody hits up that Patreon (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you want to hit up the five hundred million dollar, uh, whatever the platform is for that, then that level, you'll get something special.
1: <laughs> we'll buy you a house, and we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll live there and record Snack Talk in your house, and then we'll do punishments, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting things to note, just because he's Vince McMahon and wrestling is the way it is. The first thing he did was secure insurance for the players, even before announcing the league. And it's just funny because, you know, wrestlers are kind of on their own with that kind of stuff. So when you see Vince McMahon going out of his way to do that for a, quote, (laughs) legitimate sport, it's like, well, wait a minute here. If you can do that for the people you employ, why aren't you taking more care of the people who actually make you your
0: money? He's like, well, I'm insuring my athletes, not my entertainers. entertainers. <laughs> <Get it? laughs> like,
1: um, also, the players and the coaches are going to get a bulk of that initial $100 million for for their salaries. With, I think, the average salary being around 75000 Hmm. And that's likely for the coaches. But it was rumored that that could be for the players as well, the average.
0: Which I don't know the context necessarily as far as uh, compared to like minor league football and like some different things like that. But I mean, that's certainly not the kind of crazy numbers that we see from the NFL, which makes perfect sense, of course, because XFL is not the NFL. Do you now? You don't watch football at all, do you? Nah, the yeah. game every once in a while.
1: Can you imagine one day it's it's the NFL forever, and then one day it's like here's the XFL, and then wait a minute, uh, Charlie Eversol over here is going to do the American Association of Football, and now we have three major football leagues, and it's I, I think that that's crazy. I wonder if this is going to attract new people to football or if any of these new leagues will take off it's definitely good for the players because they have more
0: options now you know i can't imagine that it'll get more people involved more so than the people that really love football some of them will watch too like what is it that you're gonna offer me that's different from football that'll make me interested as to somebody who doesn't love football like i don't have anything against football it's fine same thing with baseball same thing with hockey you know whatever the case may be like this world cup stuff is going on and since caroline is uh from brazil like you know everybody grows up in brazil and really really loves it and stuff like that so she grew up with it and she's in you know involved in it i've watched three of these games i think by now and i still kind of don't get it (laughs) everybody's going crazy and stuff and i'm just kind of like it's soccer like you know sports was never my thing so if somebody shows me the xfl and they're like will you watch this as a non-football uh fanatic i'll probably be like yeah it's just football but with people that i might not recognize even more you know i do hope that we'd see the return of (laughs) he hate me I've heard that phrase so many times and it's like I know that that's an XFL guy but like what did he do do you do you know like why was he so popular because with the original XFL it
1: was at the height of the attitude era and they were like yeah we're gonna interject characters and this guy he hate me was the only one that got it and he was like well why do they call you he hate me and it's like because I'm so good that when I get on that field, he hate me, and he hate me, and he hate me, and that one hate me. <laughs> and it was I think it just stuck. But he was also the only one with a lot of
0: charisma and character. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think they're probably going to be doing that this time around. He's probably just no. going to be like, straight up football. But like, is, don't kneel, damn it. It's <laughs> like kind of, kind
1: of it. stupid, because if you're going to do that, then take away the X. I'm not yeah. sure why it's an XFL. It's not
0: extreme. We're we're well beyond that. I still was thinking when he, that was a rumor that he was going to be the United Football League or something like that. I was like, you know, at least he's trying a different name here. And XFL comes around and you're like, mm, never mind.
1: <laughs> I think he just decided I own it. There's equity there. There's history there.
0: And damn it, I'm not going to fail. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> oh, I'll show you. Even if he's going to spend $500 million on it, and we'll see what's going to happen in that, but 2020 okay. is when we're going to start seeing what's going on with this. Knock,
1: knock, knock on wood, the wrestling fan in me says, please give more control to Triple H and go focus on the other entertainment
0: products that you want to build. Please. Very much agreed. <laughs> and you know what? I will give it, I said this before, I'll give it a shot too, and... Not gonna make any promises that there's gonna be like a whole XFL section on smart out moment or something we're like that. We're gonna be doing
1: pre games and post games <laughs> every single time they play. Damn it!
0: An analysis and uh, commentary tracks. <laughs> you see we're the part here where he uh, threw the ball, play by play, and then we're gonna get a magistrate and draw out the plays. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> That actually would be one of those things that I would be kind of interested in doing though, would be like, if I was going to fuck around with the the live YouTube scenario, which I never really did for the most part, mostly because I just don't want to go through the resources and try to figure out how to get like, what do I use for like a capture software and what do I do for this, what do I do for that, and like actually tinker around. But if I was going to just fuck around and just like make like a Twitch account or something, i would probably consider doing that just be like all right we're gonna have like a live watch party for an xfl game and just be like ah, let's just shoot the shit and not be like real analysis i might end up doing that when it comes around to it where maybe yeah. by 2020 i'll be dead i don't know <laughs> you, you never, never really, really know yeah. we'll see i did turn 31 this past week uh so i'm one more year down the drain Boo! and did you have a goat at your birthday no, I thankfully didn't, but maybe I'm getting my birthdays mixed up and it's next year. Mm. Some people are sitting there going, I have no fucking <laughs> idea what this is. <laughs> are they still talking about something else to wrestle? <laughs> is, this... <laughs> is this all about Michael Hayes and Bob Holly? Oh, what?
1: dude, dude, dude.
0: Yes, we're all talking about Daniel Bryan. He's, he's the GOAT. He is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. At the same time, so is Chris Jericho. So. Maybe that's why one of them is next year. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Bet you didn't think about that, listener. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, let's see. While we're talking about post shows and during shows and whatever like that, let's talk about pre stuff, pre order, more so. Aha. Segue. Rey Mysterio will be a pre-order bonus character for WWE 2K19, which is pretty cool because that shows even more so that he's most likely coming back into WWE's fold a little bit later on in the year, like what was rumored. So
1: the cool thing about this is that he's going to be in his attire from the Rumble of this past year, and he looked phenomenal. Pardon the pun because age is on the cover, but. Ray looked real good at the Rumble, and I'm glad that he's in the games. And I really hope this leads to some WCW DLC content with Hoobie. You know? (laughs) Can't get enough Hoobie. Well, I do know that he has confirmed that he'll be only one of the pre-orders, with the other one likely being
0: Ronda Rousey. Oh, it has to be her, yeah. Not only just for the fact that she's going to be... Like a cover person on that side and all that, but also just because she was kind of later in the game, and she's a big deal. So you know they're not going to be like, "Hey, the other pre-order bonus character is going to be," uh, I don't know, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz or something. You know, like,
1: <laughs> really? We <laughs> were um, just talking
0: about sports. Does it get in my mind? Well. Or the Impact knockoff, Abe Knuckleball Sports.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> What's Abe Knuckleball Sports going into the, the Impact
1: <laughs> It's It's really interesting because they have these close relationships with all these other promotions. And I'm kind of crossing my fingers that maybe AJ got some pull and will be able to do some like Ultimate X match. In these video games. Like, come on. I'd love to see, you know, some TNA style matches in these video games.
0: Well, knowing WWE the way that they did with the Ambrose Asylum, they'll like slightly change the name. It'll be like the extravaganza match or something. I'll
1: take, I'll take it. You just yeah, gotta grab the... grab the red X. <laughs>
0: Although, they'll they'll be like, well, we can't do the red X. We're going to have to grab something else. How about we grab, like, a, I don't know, a green circle.
1: (laughs) No, you grab the green DX logo. (laughs) Oh, I know what you you grab.
0: This is the simplest fucking thing. The brass ring. (laughs) (laughs) It's the fucking brass ring match. And Cesaro can grab it. And then when they say, what do you win? You win nothing. (laughs) Over and over and over again.
1: We don't just set the bar. (laughs)
0: Oh, okay. uh, this is depressing to say, but this is a rumor going around, and we'll address it more and more as time goes on, but Brock Lesnar might not wrestle at SummerSlam, because no. fuck you, right?
1: So, <laughs> I,
0: again, another one of those things that I came
1: across doing the rounds for WrestleZone, and it's like, I refuse to believe that this is any kind of real. I gonna really
0: re- fucking hope it's not true.
1: Like, the fact that Taker's being rumored for SummerSlam and Brock's being rumored to skip it is just the weirdest thing to me. Brock... Not... go ahead. Why, why, are they, why are they doing this with Brock? I don't understand. The novelty's worn off that, oh, he's a part-time guy. People don't care anymore. They just want him to be there, drop the title. I don't think they care if it goes to Roman anymore. I think they stopped caring about that, too
0: and just move on and move forward for the Raw brand. I really am starting to look at this. The way with that whole like six-pack challenge that they had advertised, which they didn't quite advertise as the six-pack challenge, which was kind of weird. It was a, quote, multi-man match that turned into a graphic of six people. Clearly should have involved Finn Balor and Baron Corbin, probably, as part of the other uh, four people. And then it probably
1: would have been... Uh, Strowman and
0: Owens. Well, Strowman has the money in the bank, so I don't know if they would have gone with that. But maybe they would have gone with, say, I don't know, like Drew McIntyre and somebody, or uh, fuck if they, you know, if they wanted to play something fun, they could have done Mojo Rawley and way, no So <laughs> I would say, but uh, maybe that's the fact. Maybe they just like they had this idea in mind of a six pack challenge, and then they were like, I don't know if we really want to have like six of these people in it we've got this baron corbin thing going on we could do this extra match with uh stroman and owens and then we can do bobby lashley versus roman reigns but they've also stripped out this idea of that being a number one contenders match and yeah with this they're really rumor, trying
1: to play up that brock has total control mm-hmm. and won't wrestle until he deems somebody worthy To wrestle, which is so frustrating because, again, it's them forcing a narrative that we all know doesn't exist.
0: Well, that's where things get bothersome to me. I don't buy that Brock Lesnar is telling Vince McMahon I don't want to wrestle at all. I buy that Vince McMahon thinks that if he tells everybody that Brock Lesnar is doing that, that we're going to cheer Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. And that does not seem to be working because they did that going into WrestleMania and it didn't fucking work. So why continue to do the same thing over and over and over again? I think it was uh, Einstein that had said, it is in fact Einstein, the definition of insanity is, you know, just repeating the same thing and expecting a different result. And if you do the same storyline, and all the difference is, is that you continued it longer and you threw in Bobby Lashley of all people, it's not going to work. And I'm really buying into this idea that they're probably going to do the two of them fight each other. Something happens. It's a no contest. Kurt Angle comes out the Monday Night Raw to follow. And he's like, well, we don't really have an idea of what to do for at SummerSlam, or whatever. Let's have a triple threat match. And then they have the triple threat and Braun Strowman cashes in. And then it's just like, well, you know, he pinned Lashley. And now we can have another triple threat at the pay-per-view that follows it. It'll be, which is what, Hell in a Cell, I think, is the next it'll one? It'll be Hell yep. Then it'll be like, why don't we have Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns in a Hell in a Cell match? Because Brock Lesnar won't be around. And then it'll be like, you know, that way we distract them from the fact that Brock Lesnar isn't around. And I well, don't we, like this know fucking idea. We fact
1: that Lesnar is not advertised for the
0: Super Showdown
1: in, in October. Yeah. Which leads you to believe that either they're going to drag it out to Mania, which is insane, or they're going to be rid of him by at least
0: September. And all reports seem to point towards the idea that he has a contract that expires in August. At the end of August, whatever time in August, along those lines. So it really does seem like it's like, well, you probably want me to think that you're not doing Lesnar. But you probably are. And I really just want to get it fucking over with.
1: Would you be alright, and I'm being 100% serious here, Lesnar dropping it to Taker and Taker fighting Hunter in Australia for the universal title. Yeah. Like, does it matter at this point anymore
0: if a full-time guy holds the universal title? At this point, given a choice between continuing Brock Lesnar holding this title until like WrestleMania or putting it on anybody else, even at the expense of not being able to utilize the Brock Lesnar aura by putting somebody over i'd even rather just have a statement that says yeah brock lesnar's not the champion anymore and we're going to crown a new one at SummerSlam." i'd rather even have that but in an ideal situation which we've well passed before because in my in my ideal situation goldberg never would have won the title and we never would have done that whole thing at wrestlemania anyway it would have been kevin owens and chris jericho for the universal title but you know let's go back in time less and less and less and less and less over time goes on. In an ideal situation, I would much rather have seen Braun Strowman not have fight uh not have fought him multiple different times, and he would have just been the guy to flat out beat him. Now yeah. he can't do that, so now at SummerSlam, and maybe I'll end up continuing this thought when it comes to uh the fantasy booking. For SummerSlam, because I don't remember what my range is for that. I don't know if it's like some WrestleMania onward or last SummerSlam or something like that. At this point, I would rather just see uh, Robbie Lashley and Roman Reigns fight to a no contest at Extreme Rules. And for Kurt Angle to come out and go, well, I was thinking that maybe we would have a number one contender. Neither of you won. So neither of you are worthy of fighting. Brock Lesnar and then Braun Strowman comes out and he says I've got a fucking briefcase I'm announcing this well in advance I'm not even going to give you the the whole like I'm cashing in tonight I am going to be at SummerSlam I'm cashing it in and you have to force Brock Lesnar to do it and then over the next couple of weeks it's a story of Kurt Angle kind of arguing with Baron Corbin kind of arguing with Stephanie McMahon kind of arguing with Triple H, Vince McMahon, anybody you want to bring into the mix about, I got to have Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. We got to do this. Or Braun Strowman wins by default. And then Paul Heyman tries to bitch and complain. And then it's like, yeah, well, you know, it's not in the contract. It's money in the bank. And like, do something like that. It's a little bit different. And then Braun just fucking beats Brock Lesnar. And then you just tell him to go fuck off. (laughs)
1: Which I like that idea, except for the fact that there's a part of that where Corbin or Stephanie or whoever would try to argue against having your universal champion at SummerSlam. Like,
0: that's so frustrating to me that. Well, that that's how you pivot it. You make it more Baron Corbin takes on the, uh the idea of like, look, I was talking to Stephanie Braun. Come on, buddy we all know you're not the real face of this. We we don't want to see you holding the championship. So why don't you just let this go and whatever like that? And then Braun beats the shit at Baron for a couple of weeks and stuff like that. And then you can kind of pick up that a little bit later on with a Braun Sturm and Baron Corbin feud where it's more so Braun, you want it, but we don't really want you to win it. How about you just like, hang out and catering like you know like the, not so much saying we want the universal champion to stay away but we're so like we don't want Braun to be the one take the tension off
1: the frustrating thing there is like again why why wouldn't you just be like Braun? great hey i have a Top guy on my brand now. If you're gonna really go back to the well, I don't want you to be the face. Well, then who do you have as the face? I had had Bobby Roode in that role of like he can be the face for the authority,
0: but apparently but, they
1: they went with Corbin.
0: Yeah, Rude wasn't even on Raw this week. Rude would have potentially been one of the. Uh, there you go. It would have been probably Rude, Elias, Balor, Corbin. Lashley and uh, Reigns for the six pack.
1: Unless actually, I think Rude worked
0: main event last week. Oof, that's not good. That's a good uh, segue though. Main event. When you think of that, you think extraneous show doesn't really serve a purpose. Nobody watches it. That kind of thing. Well, there's been a lot of extra talk about potentially another show when WWE moves over to Fox to a certain extent, of course, because they're still going to keep raw on the USA network that they're going to get a show on FS one. And this week in particular, the two major rumors that I've been hearing, and I've also heard totally contradictory. There's no truth to this, but of course that's like, you know, got to take everything with a grain of salt is that FS one might get Either NXT or Saturday Night's Main Event, or both, or NXT UK, but not necessarily that, more so NXT. And then there's the possibility that maybe it's an analysis show. Like, just another one of these fucking, like, WWE Afterburn or whatever the fuck they call them. They have like 90 of these shows and they're all stupid. Um, Let's go one by one here. NXT on FS1. I don't well, buy it.
1: I I think that is the one that's heavily rumored, and I think if anything was to get greenlit, it would be that. Because uh, see, that's
0: the one I buy almost the least. Why you think they like it as a network exclusive? Yep, I think that that's one of the linchpins of the network, especially because it caters to the network fans, and it's a recorded show. Well, Saturday Night's Main Event could easily happen, though.
1: It's a quarterly Mm -hmm. special, right? Even though I think they would be better served to put that on the broadcast slot. But you never know.
0: I hope if they go with Saturday Night's Main Event that they get rid of Main Event, which I still don't understand why they have it. Like I know that that's probably some kind of deal with Hulu, and maybe it's like well, we've got a contract for a certain amount of years, because exactly. they got rid of Superstars,
1: but well, they it's kept. ironic that we're talking about this
0: because if you think about how Main Event
1: started, it was because they had this deal with Universal, and it's like, well, we want more of your content. We have this Ion Network. Great, we'll create a main event show, and it'll be the best of Raw versus the best of SmackDown, and that been for all of, like, three weeks. And then they moved to, here's Curtis Axel versus Kofi Kingston.
0: <laughs> yeah, here's R-Truth, and the only time that you can see R-Truth. Here's The Ascension, week after week after week after week. And Kurt Hawkins, and... So that's what concerns me,
1: because every time they start a new show... They come out with all this fire and, you know, superstars started with like Taker versus Matt Hardy and Shane versus Cody Rhodes. And then, you know, you'll turn around in two weeks and it'll be, oh, hey, welcome to welcome to main event. I'm Vic Joseph. And tonight we have
0: Zack Ryder versus No Way Jose. Mm-hmm. So and I'd it'll be, be like that all over again. That's so why I hope it's not something like now. a main event. I'd rather them just get rid of main event and maybe just not have anything beforehand, because really, like, do you need a dark match before Monday Night Raw? It's a three-hour show. I think if, you need a dark match. I don't think you need a taping. Well True, sure. you could always do that. You could always do a generic dark match, and that's just for the people in the in the crowd and stuff like that. And I think more so it's kind of like, if you would be worried that if you don't have a dark match that people would be annoyed at the beginning of Raw because you have 20 minutes worth of talking every episode, don't do 20 minutes worth of talking every fucking beginning of it. That's the end of it. Just put that somewhere else on that, you know? Maybe that's a different change, but that's another whole thing. The FS1 thing, it seems like it's a guarantee that they're getting something on FS1. And it's just a matter of what. Could be a women's show. I don't think so. We're hearing a lot more about Mixed Match Challenge. And I have to assume that if they do get any kind of award for that, which I really don't think that they should, then we'll see Mixed Match Challenge come back. But what kind of award would they get? Well, they're trying to get that to win like an Emmy, I think it is. See, for that's, like, that's like not variety the variety that... something or other, I think.
1: I'm sorry, but if any of their content should win an Emmy, it's Raw.
0: And I don't even see Raw coming close. Well, the other stories and such that were going on with that they were trying to pitch, like, the Women's Evolution WWE 24 special and, like, different things like that. That, I think, is more likely to win. I don't know why they would advertise Mixed Match Challenge as being something. Like, for your consideration, the show that we put virtually no effort into. But it was for charity, so yay, pat us on the back. But if that does get some kind of attention, guaranteed they're going to bring it back, because then they're going to be like, well, this was a great success. We had, like, you know, we got Emmy consideration for it or something. And maybe that will go to FS1, because maybe they don't have, like, uh, an actual tie-in with Facebook Watch. But I think more than anything, Saturday Night's Main Event being, like, a quarterly thing, or not once a month because then it's almost a pay-per-view but you know once every little bit of time or something like that not every saturday night that that could be more so what we're looking at or just another dumb analysis show
1: and if i'm gonna be honest here because this is kind of something that i feel about pop culture in general if you're gonna do something like a saturday night's main event i suggest coming up with a brand new concept At least as far as title and IP is concerned, because I'm so sick of, hey, remember this from your childhood? We're dusting it off and
0: giving it to you now, you know? It is a very old sounding name. Like, I could picture an old person trying to pitch that to me as being like. You know, I mean, we had heard stories a couple years ago that they never wanted to refer to WrestleMania anymore as the granddaddy of them all. And it's like, yeah, because it sounds like something that a grandfather would say. You know, it's, uh, they're in a Donnybrook. Brook. The, the granddaddy of them, granddaddy them all. That's the granddaddy
1: of them all, man. Saturday
0: night's main event. Like, it's almost like, I don't know, naming a newspaper, like, the headliner news. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, why are you calling it that? And then somebody flicks you a quarter and they're like hey, you know I'm gonna buy one of those because those are where you get the headliner sunny like that kind of thing and it's just like uh, Saturday night's main event why don't you just call it like great match time or something? <laughs> it just comes off bland so I'd be up for a different concept I don't want shotgun Saturday night to come back because I kind of never understood why it was shotgun Saturday night
1: because I, Vince liked the sound of the name well, I did like uh, Sunday Night shotgun. Heat, though. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd be down for like a Sunday Night Heat kind of show.
0: And if they just made it Saturday Night Heat? It doesn't have as good of a ring, but... Eh. I don't think they'll do Saturday,
1: because I think that'll interfere when you have NXT shit.
0: On Saturday? Like when they have takeover specials and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. Crap. Forgot about takeovers. And that's another thing, too. That's another story that's come out this week that they're going to try to bump that an hour earlier, which is like, all right, (laughs) I don't know why that's uh, that they're going to start like the seven o'clock or something like that. So they're going to be longer, not necessarily longer, just that they would start earlier. I
1: can't see them starting earlier and ending at the same
0: time If they're going to start earlier. It's to extend the show. Which that, too, I mean, we've seen in the past that they start the pre-shows for NXT uh, TakeOver events at 7.30. And, of course, this is EST. Uh, They do a half-hour pre-show, and then they do five matches. And it tends to end around 10.30. And if they bump this up and it's 6.30 for a pre-show and 7 o'clock we start, maybe they just kind of... uh, do tackle on a little bit more time and maybe we get longer takeovers, which could be bad. Could be good. You know? I want to say it could be good because there's definitely an abundance of talent that deserves
1: the spotlight. But at the same time, they have such a good thing going with NXT and it doesn't overstay its welcome. And it's always just right. And
0: I just don't want to see that fade away. I do have a feeling though, if we've got from eight to ten thirty, is a typical takeover. And then they usually have that like post show thing for about that half an hour and whatever. So they're really kind of for the most part, you do half hour pre-show, half hour post-show and eight to 1030 kind of a thing. Uh, If you take out one of those half an hours and you add one more match on the card, probably not going to make that much of a difference, but then we do have four titles on there and we only had one room room for one more feud. Now we have six matches on the card. I think it could work. We'll see, though. That's if that happens, though. So. I will and... say that with, with the stories
1: that have come out about the whole contract with Vox, nothing is confirmed, but it's largely expected that additional content is within the contract. So we more than likely will be seeing
0: this edition, whatever it is. Also, everybody has to keep in mind Fox hasn't sold to Disney or Comcast yet. I'm really hoping that they sold to Disney. But it hasn't officially gone through. There hasn't been like, you know, alright, it's done and we're just starting the transition now. So we don't really know what Fox is going to be like around this time. There could be some weird changes going on. And they didn't sell everything to Disney, so it's not like Disney's going to take over WWE, but... Depending on what network stuff that they actually have and what IP they can still control and what the network structure is, I'm even hearing stuff that they're going to rebrand as New Fox and not even be the Fox network anymore, which is like, that seems fucking stupid to me. That's real stupid. But I guess we're going to have to find out over the next couple of months at the very least. And then by 2019, we'll have a better idea. Then we'll be like, oh, remember when we thought that Saturday Night's main event was going to come out instead of... uh, I don't know, Saturday Night Slam. <laughs> oh, do you remember Saturday Morning yeah. Slam? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're going to do. They're going to do Saturday Morning Slam at night. <laughs> Just to confuse the fuck out of people. So you have a couple things on your list. I still have a couple more on mine, but uh, I want to bounce around here. A couple things that I'm not ev- all that aware of, so you're going to have to fill me in on this. Daniel Bryan had an interview with Gorilla Press. What happened?
1: Okay, so... Gorilla Press did an interview with Daniel Bryan. They did one with The Miz as well. But the Bryan one I want to focus on because he said a couple interesting things. First of all, about everybody's favorite relationship, John Cena and Nikki Bella. He did say, and for some reason, he's such a genuine person, I believe him. He's like, this is not for the show. But it's also not my place to comment on their lives. However, I will tell you that this is not just for the show. Hmm. and then they asked him, well, how are are you liking being on the road? And he said, you know, I missed my daughter's first birthday, and I missed Bree's second Mother's Day, and you always hear people talk about that, but it's different when you live it. So I think I'm going to talk to them about reducing my schedule. Smart. Only working, you know, 75 to 100 matches a year as opposed to, they seem to have thrown me back in and I'm just working all this time now. And then they asked him, would you like to fight the Miz at WrestleMania? And he said, I, I would love that. You know, we have, we have the kind of chemistry where we just know how to get each other under each other's skins. And he said, however, I will answer your question with a question. What has this company done in the last several years to show you that they're capable of pulling off a story that requires that much amount of patience? And, <laughs> and that That's exactly why I thought this was a hot tag, because he's so candid about just being like, can they wait seven months to tell mm. the story?
0: And tell it well, because they can wait. But they'll drag their fucking ass on it. Like, look at Bailey and Sasha Banks.
1: Uh, at and least we're finally getting
0: somewhere with that one. That, and it took six months to do. Which is insane. But that's good. I mean, all right. One thing, um, talks about the road. Totally knew that was the case. I mean, come on. You know that's going to happen. Very smart move, though, to not work as many dates. Because, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but... I personally don't value the live events all that much and I think that deep down everybody kind of has the same idea of like live events can be fun if you want to see more wrestling and when they get a chance to play around a little bit then that can be fun you know sometimes people just like act a little crazier on the live events because they know it's like not canon and everything so you get people goofing around and you get people trying new things and stuff but really, it's not the biggest deal. And I think it's a smarter idea to keep Daniel Bryan off, and a lot of other people too, off those live events and not wrestling in front of a smaller crowd so he could actually, like, not get injured again too. <laughs> yeah, I I think it is definitely smart for him. It was interesting
1: to hear him talk about, you know, not really knowing what it was like to be away from Brie, you know, They've been married for four years now, and he was really only wrestling for about a month of that time while they were married, so it's been really weird for him. But he did say that he has this great appreciation for life right now, and he's in a place where he loves going to work because he can wrestle again, and then he really loves being at home, so he's in a constant state. Of euphoria, which is great for somebody that struggled so much. Yeah, who struggled so hard. And he also said the interviewer asked him, Do you believe that everything happens for a reason? And he said, No, because I don't think it's fair that I should be feeling this happiness while a child in a third world country starves to death. And he just, there's so many qualities about him that just make you think god you're a great human being and you're a great person and yeah i would love to get to know daniel Bryan. yeah he seems like one of the most genuine people he he seems great he should still eat a burger (laughs) i i you know what i think now that he's back on the road
0: he might be forced to yeah maybe burgers are good um you also had uh Sasha Banks talks about the Special Olympics. What's going on with that? Yeah,
1: Sasha Banks
0: had uh, an interview with com, where she talked
1: about why it's important for her to work for with the Special Olympics because she has a younger brother with autism and she saw the struggles that he had to go through. So, it's important for her to give back to that community. You know, and she plugged the whole we need to show that Everybody deserves a chance and everybody can live more. And obviously it's all very genuine coming from a genuine place because she did have that struggle. And in the same interview she also talked about, you know, she still doesn't feel like any moment in her career has topped Takeover Brooklyn and that she's only twenty-six. <laughs> <'Cause it hasn't. laughs> which which is funny though, because she's actually hit quite a lot of milestones that no one else has. If you think about all the time she's closed out Raw, Women's Hell in a
0: Cell. Yeah, first ever matches for women that she's been a part of. Almost all of them. And
1: that chemistry and that magic of Brooklyn just completely still overshadows it. But she also said, hey, I'm only 26 and I have so much more to do. Which made me feel good because at least she knows she's not planning on calling it a career anytime soon, which you never know with today's crop of wrestlers. But it also makes me want her to be even more careful because she's only 26. And every time I see her, I feel like I'm watching her really attempt to destroy her body in, in, in an effort to
0: gain respect and appreciation. And run into a situation where she goes, it's a shame that I have to hang up the boots at 27. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another thing that you had curated uh, Sabu made a crisp and joke okay. I, I don't uh... so, so I sent you the link click, click
1: the second link
0: Yeah I haven't clicked on that yet Let's see yeah, what go we ahead. got here <laughs> On oh, the second one
1: uh, Yeah well you can click the first one too That's just the gif that he's responding to
0: hmm, Let's see here Alright so we're watching the gif now Ooh, That looks pretty bad <laughs> fuck no wonder he killed his (laughs) fat. oh my god what the hell (laughs) Sabu come on (laughs) man
1: (laughs) so like I've watched this gif a couple times now and it's it's so sick like Benoit is another one it's ironic that we're talking about Sasha Banks like this Benoit put himself through a lot, both with what he injected himself with that's been, you know, well-known, and with what he's put his body through while wrestling just to gain appreciation and respect. And I have to believe that with a guy like Benoit, it wasn't even about the crowd. It was more about having the respect and admiration of your peers. Yeah, and yourself. And man... The shit that he would put himself through, it's a shame. Because, honestly, one thing changes, and we've talked about this before, but if he didn't do what he did, if he had just had a heart attack, he would have been completely Eddie Guerrero territory, one of the best of all time. But that momentary snap, because of all the crazy trauma he'd put his body through, he had almost become a different person over that weekend, and just snapped, and it's just it's sad. And I mean, I don't hold too much against Sabu. He probably just thought he was making a pretty insensitive joke, and it was what it was. But my God, this is so gross. His, the fact that his skull didn't cave in on that bump. And if for those of you that may not know, it's it's a GIF of what I think is Super Brawl three. I could be wrong. Where two cold Scorpio is trying to hit him with a corkscrew leg drop off the top but he lands kind of ass first onto Benoit's face and it just it looks so brutal man mm-hmm.
0: it looks like that there's no way that that just didn't scramble something like it makes sense that Sabu you know, like I, I agree with Sabu it's like oh no wonder he had problems and stuff like that kind of insensitive way to put it <laughs> I don't know if that's going to win him any points with, uh, you know, the community where a lot of the guys will be like, you see what fucking Sabu wrote? Like, what an asshole, like that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's a brutal fucking Ugh. shot. Ugh. Never would want to do that. Never at all. Uh, yeah, it's uh, This is a random story. I thought it was kind of interesting. And I didn't know much about this. So I'm sure this will be one of those things where people say, like, how did you not know about this? But I, I didn't know about it. Apparently there's this guy on Reddit that had been ending a lot of different posts for over a year now. He started January 19th, 2017. He would end those with, don't let this distract you from the fact that in 1998, the undertaker threw mankind off hell in a cell and plummeted 16 feet through an announcer's table. Yep. Yeah. And now that it's the 20th anniversary of that, WWE sent him a uh, gift package that had like, a year's worth of the WWE network and gift cards and a $50 gift card to Petco for Scooby, who I, uh, I'm assuming that's his dog <laughs> and not that's like, so you know, and that's like, that's awesome for not only shitty more the <laughs> guy's fucking name <laughs> on Reddit, but also just like, Hey, WWE, like going out there and whether it was somebody who like is paid for that real WWE Reddit account, specifically doing it or some other people in the company going like hey we need some some goodwill karma or something like that i think that's neat you know very rarely do we have like positive little stories like this to talk about major thumbs up
1: well it's funny because on youtube they actually posted a picture of taker and mankind on top of the hell in a cell and it said it's Thursday, but don't let that distract you from exactly 20 <laughs> years ago today. Take her through mankind plummeting, et cetera, people. et cetera. Yeah, it's, and that's an episode of Something to Wrestle that you need to hear the King of the Ring episode, because they go into great detail about all of that and talk about Benoit putting himself through shit. The fact that Foley is still a sweetheart and not Physically or mentally, completely shattered beyond repair, is just a great
0: gift. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I just thought it was kind of an interesting story. Uh, Fortunately, we have to talk about some bad things because um, we have injuries. Well, we have we else to toss out?
1: Uh, since you brought up Hell in a cell, I don't know when we'll get the chance to talk about this again. Last week, it was reported. By a local news outlet in San Antonio, where the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view will be, that the two matches you have to look forward to at Hell in a Cell are Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, and AJ Styles defending the WWE Championship against Samoa Joe. Huh.
0: Uh. I don't buy it.
1: I buy the second match more than the first.
0: Yeah. That I buy. I you know I can definitely see. Samoa Joe getting a title shot at SummerSlam, winning the title, and then having a Hell in a Cell match that that I can buy. Not so much Roman Kevin Reigns Owens Reigns and Roman Reigns. Not, no, Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman, maybe. You Reigns, know, Reigns and Lashley in a Hell in a Cell. Maybe Reigns and Lashley. Like, yeah, I could see that being the case. But we have gotten some instances in the past where, like, for Fastlane, for instance that they brought up that whole idea of like the five man match or whatever it was well in advance so maybe um I don't know. real real quick do you think the mankind undertaker
1: hell in a cell ruined hell in a cell in the sense that it's forever embedded into your mind that somebody should be trying to kill <laughs> themselves <laughs> that, that nothing the can matches? top it
0: yeah no i think it I think nothing ruins anything by being better. It's up to everybody else to top it. And if they can't, then... The problem isn't necessarily that nobody's jumping off higher things and doing dangerous things more. If it's a good match, people will like it. I think that Hell in a Cell got ruined from overexposure and from WWE not wanting to do anything at all. Yeah, it's the lack of violence. Like, I've seen Hell in a Cell's
1: past that, and I thought that they were actually better in a lot of regards. Like, I'll give you an underrated one. Triple H, Shawn Michaels at Bad Blood, they beat the crowd at each other for 45 minutes. They didn't have to leave the cage to do it. I just think that it's the complete lack of violence in what used to be such a final, violent territory
0: that ruin the match Mm -hmm. it's just another match now it might as well be another cage match yep it's no different uh we have injuries to talk about bray wyatt was in a car accident and ruby riot has a uh, left knee injury that she suffered at a hell show both of them out for an indeterminable amount of time ruby riot most likely going to be out longer uh, Bray Wyatt is still advertised for Extreme Rules, which is two weeks away. So probably the injuries aren't all that bad. Ruby Riot with a left knee injury. I mean, that could put her I out hope, for I a hope while. I
1: hope she's not out for a while. I really, I was just starting to really gravitate towards her. And she's, you know, well on her way to at least being a top contender. And I really hope she's not out for a while. As far as Wyatt. Um one thing I did laugh at was he's not too far away from me. He's in uh Tampa General and I just th- that made me chuckle. Somebody said I should go run up to him in the hospital and say, "Can you sign can you sign this for me?" as if <laughs> like that's not the ultimate disrespectful fan thing to do. Um I hope why it's not out for too long. I am starting to wonder if maybe this will lead to a B team title run. I feel bad for mm-hmm. Matt. Matt keeps trying to get on these roles and ends up having to fall off because of somebody else's injury. And then there's the interesting thing of we know there's the rumor of the JoJo Bray Wyatt relationship, and she was also missing from Raw. Oh yeah, she was. Huh. I, I don't know what that
0: means.
1: You, really? You, could,
0: you, you didn't tell the difference between Mike Rome and JoJo? Didn't pop in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I guess I just tuned them out enough like uh, I did with most backstage segments.
1: <laughs> like, I wonder if she was in the accident. I guess not. Otherwise, it would have said something, I'm sure. Or if she's just, you know, tending to him. Or maybe she was just sick like like last year when she got meningitis and they all got
0: meningitis and we ended up having a weird dlc pay-per-view because of it <laughs> i do uh i agree with you on one thing i definitely think that there is a much stronger chance now that the b team wins the titles uh, maybe why it's able to wrestle at extreme rules maybe they change it up a little bit maybe he's not and Matt Hardy has to br- fight in a handicap match or
1: something like that. Oh, no, it's a dual brand pay per view and it's extreme rules. I would throw Jeff in that match so quick. <laughs> well, Jeff's also apparently dealing with his injuries.
0: Yeah, he's also injured, and so is Shinsuke Nakamura. He got bit by a dog. Yeah, that's some, one of those things where it's like maybe they need to bring back the beware of dog pay per view. And, uh-huh. um,. That is going to play interesting factors into some of these things because I would think that the United States title will be on the line, but both, both of them kind of being injured, it might be a different story. Bray Wyatt, if he is not unable to do that, are they going to keep that match? Is it going to change what's going to happen with that? But even if they do keep the match and Bray Wyatt is able to wrestle, he might be banged up enough that they might be like, you know what, try to get through it. Matt will wrestle the majority of the match and then we'll put the belts on the B-team just because they're healthy. Ruby Riot, on the other hand, this might be a blessing in disguise. If she's not out for too long, and they don't have anything for her to do over the next bunch of weeks and stuff, and she's out for a month, maybe this helps her avoid getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. Especially if she can still kind of pop up on Raw and just not wrestle, you know. They could do that stupid crap that they've been doing recently where all they do is laugh and push something down backstage. What would you she think about that? Uh, Morgan and uh, Logan Dumb. with Elias? <laughs> I wanted Elias to just uh, sing a song about how stupid they are. <laughs> uh, are they ever going to grow on you? Well, live Morgan to a certain extent. <laughs> Insert plug for the Sexiest Superstars Tournament. <laughs> yeah, Voting closes on, what, Friday, Saturday? Saturday. We Saturday. are on round two at this point. If you have not voted for that, then go ahead and do that as soon as you can. We'll be breaking that down a little bit later. Uh, yeah. I also thought this is because uh, I'm stupid and I like these kind of things. Um, this is the reason why this is the thumbnail is because it's Wyatt and Riot. Yeah. And I just like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if the, we could have had some story that dealt with Quiet Riot at the same time, then <laughs> that would have been even better.
1: Maybe they'll, maybe they'll do a theme
0: song for at TakeOver. Maybe, yeah. That'll probably be Jericho again. <laughs> and our last story to talk about for this edition is going to be about the most recent thing on the WWE Network, which was... I said that really oh, weird. Oh, well,
1: hold on. They they officially announced that they signed Iho Shirai. I might have butchered her name. Eh, Sorry, Cal. No nothing about it. it. Uh, she's Another Japanese superstar, and I know Kairi Sane's very happy to have her. She already tweeted a picture of a previous match graphic they had, and she said, I can't wait to do it again. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see where she goes from here. I think she will win this year's
0: May Young Classic. Or at the very least, I would assume at this point that she's going to be in it. And if she's that notable of a superstar, she'll go pretty far. I don't think that they'll necessarily have, even though this isn't one of those things where it's like, well, why couldn't they? I don't think that they'll go with another Japanese woman winning that. Cause then it'll almost kind of seem like, wait a minute, you had Asuka in NXT and then you had Kairi Sane win this. And then you have Shirai win that. And it's like, what is it like a guarantee hey, that if you're a Japanese the superstar
1: classic or the Aja Kong classic,
0: right? Yeah. You know, uh, Maybe, I don't know. I don't know anything about her. So, yay, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you bring in a new talent, potentially they could be great. Uh speaking of potentially it could be great though, uh, ride along is one of those things where if it's a good episode, it's a good one. If it's a bad one, goddamn is it a pain in the ass to sit through. And thankfully, this was a good episode. It was in one car, the three members of Rusev Day, the other car, the iconics. And I at first I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this one without just being a little testy because Billy Kay and Peyton Royce do not have the best voices for your ears. <laughs> but I liked this episode quite a bit. How human did Billy and Peyton come off here? They showed off much better personalities than I was kind of expecting. And for the record, I also, I mean, I've heard it before, but Lana without the accent is so much easier to handle, too. Yeah, I,
1: the thing is, they really tried to force the accent, and now that they're kind of undoing it, it it's better. I just wish they'd also call her CJ. You know, like, if they're going to get rid of the accent, just call her CJ. <laughs> they might as well. Um. So, a couple of things that stood out to me. Rusev Day was filthy. They kept, they said fuck quite a few times, which was bleeped out, obviously. But they kept saying fuck. And um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce just came across, like, two little girls that were living their dream. It was, in a lot of ways, one of the cutest things I've seen in a network special like this.
0: Yeah, it was very endearing because they come off as legit fans. People that are really enjoying their jobs, and really for the most part, people that would be kind of fun to hang around.
1: Yeah, they did seem like people that would be fun to hang around. They they played um what they what they call it, Kiss Mary Repug.
0: Yeah, Repug, which I've never heard that in my life, and call it's totally. To us. <laughs> that that's not going to replace Wed Better Dead because I don't know what the fuck Repug is. But I will bring up this thing about that whole Kiss Mary Repug thing. Just to reference again the idea that Daniel Bryan should have been voted out of the qualifying round, they instinctively went with for the group of like, oh, this one's tough because Brian Joe and Strowman. And when you say Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman and Daniel Bryan, you're going with a theme here. And if that's your go to, is not to sound mean, but like, oh, the Uggos. (laughs) Like, That illustrates the point to me where if that's if they went, they could have gone Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman Strowman and Bray Wyatt or Eric Rowan or Luke Harper or Big Show or there's a lot of other people. They went with Daniel Bryan.
1: (laughs) I thought they were going with Indie Darlings because they they said Bryan and Joe first and then they're just like Strowman.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if they would have said Styles. That That would have been a good one. Um, but i think that that just proves brian should not have been in the 32 seems see, like a great guy but he's not a top see, 32 you're, best you're
1: underrating personality because they both immediately said they would marry him and they'd rather kiss and marry him over the other two yeah well
0: yeah isn't that an obvious
1: <laughs> so he's like i guess he's the less of the evils in, in that exchange. very much so
0: yeah exchange um. I like that a little bit, though. They also played... uh,
1: What was it? It was Rock. Was it Rock, Austin, and Hunter? I think so. And it was Mary the Rock, and they both said they would kiss Hunter. And they're just, like, giggling because they're like, that's our boss. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Steph, and whatever. They just... They came off so likable. And especially when they showed the announcement. I don't know if this
0: was previously shown somewhere. Yeah, I don't remember ever coming across that. So this might have been footage that they never showed.
1: Like Triple H saying, you know, I don't know how to tell you girls this. And they're legitimately nervous. And then he goes, we're starting you on Tuesday. And Billy Kay just immediately,
0: like, breaks down. And it's just so heartwarming. And between the two, I always got this impression that Peyton Royce was more into it than Billy Kay was. Now I have to kind of think they're, they're on par with each other. And then on on the flip side of this episode,
1: Rusev, English, and Lana were hilarious. I was laughing the entire time. They talked about Aiden English randomly cutting his hair after the battle. They talked about the greatest
0: Royal Rumble?
1: Yeah. They talked about Rusev getting pulled from the match originally because Vince said, hey, you're a wrestling taker. And he did. What any sensible person on the main roster would if they said, hey, you're going to wrestle Taker in Saudi Arabia at a casket match. And he laughed at his face. And Vince, I guess, decided to pull him.
0: (laughs) You know? One of those things. They acknowledged it. And I was really surprised that they acknowledged it. Like And they also had Hulk Hogan's theme towards the end of the whole, like, uh, oh, yeah, cause, game.
1: Because they were playing the game and Lana said that Rusev would be the Hulk. Fun fact, I also guessed that she would say the Hulk because I couldn't think of anyone else that would fit Rusev. But yeah, Rusev, uh, English started singing, I am a real Bulgarian, and they kind of put Hulk Hogan's theme over that. <laughs> Very funny. Um, And they even went on to say that Lana thinks Rusev is a 1 million in bed, and Rusev thinks Lana is a perfect 10. Insert Ty Dollinger joke. Who, by the way, Billy Kay was quick to say that she would give him a small peck, but there would be no tongue if she had to kiss
0: Ty Dellinger. Which now makes me kind of curious how she would vote for him in the tournament if he were still in the tournament. <laughs> um, she would vote him as though he were Stan and kick him right out of the tournament. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. She did kind of seem to continue uh saying over and over again that she would really like to kiss him. She also that maybe said it's, that
1: dude keeps Ziggler's. Uh, yeah. She, she Ziggler kind of, uh, <laughs> keeps Ziggler's number on speed dial. I thought that was funny.
0: Speed dial implies a little bit of thirst. <laughs>
1: yeah. I thought it implied a little bit of history, to be honest.
0: Mm, possibly. Uh, so yeah, those are the hot tags, everybody. Uh, make sure you drop a comment below. Tell us what you thought about all these different topics and anything else you want to toss out as well. As far as a main event for this week, we haven't figured it out yet. However, depending on how much time I've got going on, I got a lot of stuff to catch up on and everything. One of them being, I still have not had a chance to binge watch glow season two. That's why this isn't on the hot tags for this week and everything chance that maybe there is no main event this week other than the um second round of the sexiest wwe superstars tournament which that again on its own on a regular week that would be the main event that actually would be a double main event so if we don't have one this week that's why a lot of other things going on potentially maybe we even just do a review for glow season two as a main event or maybe we if we do get the time pull out one uh one more match or pull out an extra superstar scores for Vader or, you know, something along those lines. Still taking suggestions, though, if you do want to put that out there just in case we end up doing a main event. But I wouldn't put too much faith in the fact that it's a guarantee. A lot of other things to handle, and that's going to be a lot to edit as it is. But if you want to be aware of when that stuff comes up the best thing to do is to subscribe on the YouTube channel and check off the little notification bell thingy that they've got going on for that. And then you'll get your notifications of when the new videos are up. But you could also get those notifications elsewhere by checking smartoutmoment.com, of course, along with the other articles and stuff. You'll find those. You could also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. And I got all that back up into normal where all those posts should be flowing the way that they normally should have been and they didn't for a little while. Uh, for anybody that's interested in the movie review side of things and anything else that is happening on the geek culture spectrum, fanboysanonymous.com is where I take care of that stuff. I know I forget who it was exactly. Sorry if I forgot. Uh, somebody was asking me, you know, where, where do you do like the Luke Cage thing and stuff like that? That's where you'll find that over there. Uh, plenty of stuff coming up with that Ant-Man and the Wasp, the first purge doing week in geek every week. Now that kind of stuff, you'll find that over there. Fanboys Anonymous has the links to all the social accounts and stuff, so you'll find that on that stuff. Make sure you also, if you want to show your support for Fanboys and or Smartcat Moment, hit up the Patreon accounts for those two. if you have a little bit of spare change that we need to throw our way, and you know, kind of keep everything uh, going with that. Or another way to do that is to buy a t-shirt or any of the other kind of merchandise options that they have on Redbubble and TeePublic. For any of those accounts, I think that over the course of those two websites, there's five accounts between them,
1: because
0: it's uh, two for it's Out Moment, two for Fanboys, and one for a Mango Tease. Uh, you know, plenty of stuff that you'll find, and if you can't find something that's a design on the one, you might be able to find it on the other one, because that hasn't gotten taken take it down for now, copyright is that yet. Like, is that like a Mango Tree, but you just took out the R and you put it at an S at the end?
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I was An wondering if teased. you were saying like
0: y- that you yourself are a tease.
1: Uh, <laughs> like, not tease
0: <laughs> as in like, uh, you know, I'm showing some ankle from the <laughs> 40s or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> By nice golly, that
1: woman was showing
0: some ankle. <laughs> That's a regular Saturday Night's Man event. <laughs> don't let any of this distract you that in 1998 <laughs> Mankind was over 20 feet. So those are my plugs on that kind of stuff, everybody. Rob, anything you want to toss Um, out?
1: I'm at DudeFelice on Twitter and Instagram. You can connect with me there. Talk to me about wrestling or whatever else you want. I am regularly writing Monday through Friday for WrestleZone.com So go there for your daily wrestling news and Keep an eye on the weeklies and the triple threat this week, which will be whatever I can think of at some point in the next 12 hours. Um, but
0: yeah, keep an eye <laughs> on dot com, and dudefelice, Twitter, and Instagram. And that's it for me. All righty, everybody. As I mentioned before, drop your comments below and tell us what you think. Give us a like, share the video, do all the other kind of stuff that you do with that, and just keep tuning in. Thanks for watching this. This has been another smartout moment. We're being counted out.